I brought it in my bedroom and I read it from page to page. It was a 30-page booklet. And then it had a sinner's prayer at the end, at the back of the, the booklet. And I just really felt, fell into conviction. And I got out of, out of my bed, got on my knees. And I, I prayed the sinner's repair, prayer, repenting of my sins. And I committed my life and made him Lord, uh, Lord and Savior. It was like a, a, a million ton uh, spiritual weight was lifted off my shoulders. Physically, I felt even better. I guess I had a lot of guilt for my sinful lifestyle. This is Charisma Connection on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Taylor Berglund, and today I'm excited to welcome over the phone lines, Alan Burns. Alan, how are you? I'm doing great, Taylor. Well, I'm really excited to talk with you today. I think this is going to be a great interview. You're the author of a new book called Lifestyle Evangelism, The Missing Link in the American Church. So first off, if people want to look into more about this book, where can they pick that up? Uh, they need to go to uh, Amazon, the website, and Amazon.com, and then just type in the title, and it should pull it right up. Style Events and The Missing Link in the American Church, and then if they want to order directly from my, my personal website, it's I'm going to spell it out. It's my uh, first and last name, Alan. A-L-A-N-J-B-U-R-N-S.com, AlanJBurns.com. My middle name is John, so it's AlanJBurns.com. Great. Well, that makes sense. All right, so we're going to get into all things related to the book pretty soon. But first, uh, I just wanted to ask you, Alan, so what, what's your testimony? What's your journey of faith look like? Okay, here it is. We're going back 44 years. All right. Nine, October 1975. Nice. I was saved in the, on the tail end of the Jesus movement that hit the nation, that swept the nation from west to east, the west coast to east coast, back in the 1960s and 70s. I was a senior in high school, and um, I, I attended a high school called South Aid High School, which actually is in uh, Dade County, Florida, South Aid County, Florida, uh, and, um, and that, that was when I was a senior. Now, there was four individuals that influenced my life back then. God used these four individuals. One was a young lady named Denise who was, would ride the bus with me every day to school, and that was when I was a junior. When I, turned, when I became a senior, there were three other on-fire Christians, uh, Louis, Eddie, and Freeman. I called them the Peter, James, and John of South Dade High School because all they would do, Taylor, is they, was, they would practice lifestyle evangelism, and they would witness to everyone they could wherever they went on the campus. Louis was, he was, uh, let me give me some more uh, art, uh, de- definition here. When I was a senior, Louie was in my two-hour electronics class. It was a uh, hands-on uh, electronics class, and they had these giant block tables. And basically what we would do is they, we would get these old TVs, and part of our, uh, our assignment was to tear the TV apart piece by piece and then put it back together. Louie was the first, one of the first uh, uh, Christians that was, when I was in, as a senior in high school, that was, I believe, signed to me from the Lord because he was at the very desk where we would work together every day, day after day for a whole year in, October, in 1975. So we were there, and um, and so uh, I was watching him very closely, but and so I had a lot of questions about Christianity, about life, life after death, and all that. I had an encounter in 1968 when I was living in the Philippines. My dad was stationed there from the Air Force, and uh, there was a, a major earthquake, 6.9 on the Richter scale. And during that earthquake, we lived in a San Miguel village near near Manila, downtown near, near the city of Manila, and that that um, that house shook so so violently that 
I got, we got out of bed. I, I threw myself on the floor. All we could do was hang on because it was like we were on a, on a boat that was being tossed by, by violent waves. So that experience awakened in me a fear of death. And I could not shake that fear of death until later when I got, was born again in October 1975. So here I am with Louis, and he started witnessing to me. He answered all my questions about, about uh, life after death. What is, what is my purpose? Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? You know, the three basic questions of mankind. And so then he, he, would, then he gave me this booklet. The title of it was, Have You Signed Up? That was on the front page, okay? And the booklet was written by a late evangelist named Oliver B. Green. He was an evangelical evangelist. So he, get, he would pass these out everywhere. I'd watch them, and he'd give them out to everybody. So I got one from him. And he, so that was it. So I took it home uh, one day in October 1975. It was in fall. And I brought it in my bedroom, and I read it from page to page. It was a 30-page booklet, and then it had the sin, a sinner's prayer at the end, at the back of the, the booklet. And I just really felt, fell into conviction, and I got out of, out of my bed, got on my knees, and I, I prayed the sinner's repair, prayer, repenting of my sins, and I committed my life and made him Lord, uh, Lord and Savior. It was like a, a million-ton uh, spiritual weight was lifted off my shoulders. Physically, I felt even better. The, the, I guess I had a lot of guilt for my sinful lifestyle. So that was when how I got saved in, in October of 1975. But God, used, He surrounded me with four Christians: one when I was a junior, and three when I was a senior in high school at Southgate High School in, in uh, near Miami, Florida. Fantastic. And so then, yeah. from there, where? So after you came to salvation in Christ, what happened then in your life? Okay, what happened is I was so against religion that. Because Louis was always wanting me to uh, visit his church, because it was in Florida City, which was probably 20 minutes south of Homestead, Florida, and I just refused. I didn't want to be a part of any organized church or uh, whatever, and so, so he just was patient. And then eventually, I did, um, I did, you know, I did attend his church. It's Mount Calvary Community Church, and Pastor Willie Mitchell was my first pastor, and so I was there for about a year. But during that same time, uh, I, there was this, I, I had this. I, I knew I needed to get a water baptized. And, and then I, I knew I needed the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So in Jesus 76, um, I, I, I got, I went uh, to the Jesus, it was, no, it was, let's see, it was seven, yeah, it was, it was Jesus 76 in Orlando, Florida. It was a, a great Jesus festival that they had started. Uh, Alice Clattenburg had, um, started, you know, he was the one that, that, um, had spearheaded this. He was the youth pastor at the First Assembly of God Church in, in Lakeland, Florida. He's, uh, so he um he he uh, so th- they had a baptismal there and so that's where I was water baptized 1976 at Jesus at 76 in Orlando Florida and then and then I was really I was had a lot of fear in my life and I didn't really embrace the supernatural right away but it took another year Jesus 77 in Mount Union Pennsylvania I started going to all these fest Jesus festivals and I believe God raised them up to mentor and disciple that generation that had gotten saved in the Jesus movement so. So a year later, I ended up, because that was Jesus 76, so I went, I started going to the festival in Mount Union, Pennsylvania, and that was in August of 1977, and that's where I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and that was one year later. That's very cool. So then, so you got baptized in the Holy Spirit there, and then, so how did you get from that point to now, where you are the author of a Christian book? Oh, Oh, that's a good question, because my pastor, my first pastor, Ed Bez, at Rock Church in Homestead, said, Alan, he saw this, said, you have a gift for writing. He said, you need to pray about writing a track, like a little track. So I ended up doing that, and the title of the track, it was, Are You Searching? And it, I took John chapter 4, and the Holy Spirit showed me some insight there. 
uh, are you searching? And uh, I use that as a backdrop for uh, this track because a lot of people are searching. They don't know it, but they're searching. They're searching for the truth. So I wrote this track, and then, uh, you know, then I, that was the first, my first taste of writing, and that was 1970, probably 77, 78. And then, um, so that was my first, first thing that I wrote was this, this little track. And, uh, and then, so fast forward now to, uh, uh okay, so I, I got, I got a lot of my testimony. Do you want, I could, do you want me to go on? What, I mean, how, how, how do you want me to proceed? You can so I can give you just, huh? I, I was going to say, you can go in as much detail as you want here, but maybe let's give the, uh, the abbreviated version for our listeners today. Okay. The abbreviated version was that, that me writing that track showed me that I had a gift from God that I was a writer and called to be a writer. So later on, when I uh, actually uh, went to Christ of the Nations, 1978-79, graduated in 1980, and then moved back to Florida, God connected me with a pastor uh, later, uh, uh, 1985, named Bruce Clapp, who uh, still pastors the Upper Room Assembly of God Church in uh, Cutler Ridge, South South Miami. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So I went on staff there. I went on staff there, and, and I, I was I was there for five years until 1992 August when the hurricane came through and swept through that South region and destroyed 50, forty to fifty thousand homes. A lot of the, a lot of the parishioners attended the church, and I was I was one of five full time pastors. I was the staff evangelist, mission director. It was at that time that I began to write. This book, this was the, the early root, roots and the foundation of this new book that I just published, because during that time, I wrote two chapters. The first chapter was um, how to recognize divine appointments, and the second chapter was how, the how-tos of soul winning. So I was starting to put on paper what is now uh, now only four chapters in this book. So anyways, so that was that. But he, what I didn't understand, uh, Taylor, was that I had, four, I had four books in me. I didn't understand that until later. Cause so here's what happened. So I had to leave the ministry in 1992, moved back to Texas, because my brother and myself had started a roofing business here in 1981. So I moved back here and then then and started, pioneered, and, and pastored in my own church, my wife and myself, for seven years in Richardson, Texas, far north Dallas, right? So here we go. So let's walk it out. So then God began to give me ideas about books, okay? So I had a desire to finish this, uh, this book, but it, I, I, didn't, I just didn't take the time to do that. So anyways, but, you know, what I learned was, in hindsight, was, I needed time. I needed time to write because I had this gift in me. I needed to develop it. I had these four other books. This, the first, this was one of them. Actually, this was the last one that I published, but I started it in 19, the 1980s. So I had, I had four, the, four books in me. Anyway, so through pastoring the church for seven years, uh, a book came out of that titled Spiritual Gifts, Use and Don't Abuse Them, How to Make the Most of God's Precious Gifts to You. The second book was God Was Teaching Me About His Ways and His Character, which is titled The Potter is Clay, How to Know God's Present Purpose for Your Life Now. The third book was uh, uh, Overcoming the End-Time Apostasy and Defeating Satan's Seduction of the Church. That book reveals four heresies in the American church, because I do a lot of witnessing everywhere I've been witnessing. I witness to everybody. I would go to high school football games, rock concerts, and I would talk to all these people that had been in church but now weren't in church, and they would always tell me, Alan, I'm once saved, always saved. It doesn't matter how I live my life. That's, that's what they would tell me. So I, I was really shocked about that. That's why I wrote the third book, and then the fourth book, which was this one, Lifestyle Evangelism, The Missing Link in the American Church, I had to finish it, so I finally got it done last year. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, but I realized, listen, Tether, I realized that I, if I would have been in the ministry full-time, because I had four three ministries, and then the pastor asked me when the youth pastor quit, he said, can you take can you take the youth? Can you take the youth group? And I just, I was, you know, a yes man, yes, right? So now I have four major ministries in the church, 
I was a staff men's ministry director, the care pastor, starting and, and discipling and teaching, training, raising up care leader, care care leaders. Number three, then I was a singles pastor, and then number four, I was a youth pastor. So <laughs> I didn't have time to breathe. <laughs> So anyways, but I got the books done. That's what matters. I got them done. I obeyed God. And now I've got all of them on my website. Oh, you can you talk about the satisfaction of, of finally completing, you know, the, the assignment from God. So that's, and this book really is really, the of all the others, this was really my passion because I've, I've been living like this since 1977. I practiced lifestyle evangelism for 40, over 40 years now. So that's how, that's how it came about. Nice. Well, I think that's really interesting, and congratulations on completing that call from God. So one one thing I'm curious about is the subtitle for the book, The Missing Link in the American Church. So I was reading a story just this morning, actually, that came out from Barna, a research study that was talking about the fact that for many millennials, uh, nearly half, it's uh, 47% of the millennials that they talked to, agreed that it was at least somewhat wrong to share one's personal beliefs with someone of a different faith in hopes that they will one day share the same faith, or what most Christians refer to as the evangelistic process. So can you talk about a little bit how... uh, how the church has lost this passion for evangelism to the fact where the next generation thinks it might even be wrong to do it. I think, I think the, um, I think it's, uh, uh, uh Taylor is sad because too, there's too many Christians that, um, are afraid. They're afraid to witness and they're, they're afraid of what others will think of them. So I, I have to take that statement and put it on the shelf. I can't let that statement, um, Cause me not to obey the Great Commission because we have a mandate. You, you know, at the body of Christ, the Church in America has a, a mandate that we're supposed to go and you know and actually witness wherever we go. That that was the key uh, for the early Church. You know, Book of Acts, Acts chapter, boom, explosion. God poured out a spirit, three thousand saved. Right. That was through Peter's preaching. But if you'll study, take that down to Acts chapters eight, nine, ten, eleven, and twelve, it talks about the persecution that broke out against the Church. And it says, all the disciples were scattered except the apostles. Where were the apostles, Taylor? They were stuck in Jerusalem. They, were in, they, were, they stayed in Jerusalem. All the other believers, but by this time, was ten to 15,000 believers. It says they went everywhere proclaiming the word. A better translation would be in the message about They went everywhere witnessing. They just went and shared Jesus. Isn't that beautiful on the streets? Isn't that powerful? Oh, yeah. So, so I, I, know, I know that there's, you know, because I do a lot of witnessing, and I know the millennials... I know they're sensitive to things like that. So I'm not trying to convert anybody. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, Jesus said, you're my witness. A witness does what? He tells from what, what, he tells others what he knows from personal experience. A witness in a court of law only tells what he knows from personal observation, from what he's seen and heard. Am I right? Absolutely. So remember what, G, remember what Jesus told his disciples at the end of his life? He said, you are witnesses of these things. Isn't that powerful? He was depending on them to go and, and, and gossip, if you will, gossip the gospel wherever they went. Isn't that cool? Definitely. Yeah, and so... so oh, go on. So the, I love the millennials. I, I'm an, uh, listen, let me just... Uh, here's some personal information. I'm an Uber cab driver. I'm an Uber Lyft driver. So I, I go to the airport here a lot, and I do that. I drive people, pick them up at the airport, and I drive them all over the place. I drive them to their destination. So I try to be really sensitive on each individual I pick up, whether or not I feel I, sh- I, I should say anything to them about the Lord. So I don't know how to explain this, but if I feel like a burst of compassion in my spirit, like for some, someone in the van, in the vehicle, then I'll, I, I know it's the Lord. So I'll just tell them, hey, listen, did you know Jesus loves you, and he died for your sins, and he wants to give you eternal life, and he's got a divine purpose for your life? I'll just say something really brief, that's all, you know. So, And I, have, I tell you what, nine times out of ten, most of the time, even if they're millennials or 
baby boomers or baby busters, they're not offended by that. They're not offended by me sharing with them that. And I'll even ask them, were you offended by that? And nine, time, nine times out of ten, uh, Taylor, they'll say no. See, so we have to watch out that the, the enemy's trying to put fear on us as Christians. The, 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 he wants to put a strong amount of fear on us to keep us from opening our mouth about the Lord. So that's how I would approach and answer that. So how can Christians overcome that fear from the enemy in order to be effective lifestyle evangelists? Okay, here's how they have to do it. The best way that, that they should do it, like what I do, I, we, we do a monthly seminar here locally in Carrollton, is we have uh, two hours of teaching and on a Saturday. We start at 10, we end at 2. So we bring believers from different churches in this area. Now, we're just restarting this ministry. It has to do with the Church on the Rock in the 80s. So they need to find someone who's mature in God and who's confident and going on the streets. Now, it's not street ministry, it's lifestyle evangelism, to take them out and show them how it's done. That's the most effective way to really help them break free from the fear. So I used to do this survey years ago, uh, Taylor, and because I, and, I, I started in 1985. Church on the Rock was a big, big blessing for myself. I have a twin brother who's also an evangelist, and so they gave us our first shot at, at doing a soul-winning seminar. I don't call it a soul-winning seminar anymore because when they say when they think of soul-winning, it's like they feel this pressure that they have to perform, right? You get out there, you got to bring someone to Christ, you got to pray, you know? So I just call it lifestyle evangelism. So what we do is we do the teaching first, and then we take them into to the mall, local mall around here, and then we go out, and they're with us. They don't have to say anything. So I, I let them know, listen, you guys don't have to say anything. If you don't feel if you don't feel confident enough, just watch us. Just watch and observe. And so that's and that's how basically we lead them into that lifestyle is we take them out, and then also there's we get we use booklets and tracks, and then we use a survey from James Kennedy out of Port Lauderdale. It's a it's a so many it's not a so many survey, but it's a, it's a five question test that we ask the person on the street. And uh, this, it's the two, two diagnostic questions, and I, don't, I won't go into that. I could go ahead and spend five or ten minutes on that. So we try to bring people out with us, Taylor, and, and, then, and let them watch and observe us how we do it, and then uh, that's, how, that's how they break the, free of the fear. You know, we, we just got back uh, last year. We went and uh, helped Todd White in London, and he had a Power and Love conference out there. So they needed, uh, con- they call them confident ones. I call them trainers. The trainers, you have the trainers and the trainees. And so we went out there, and we were able to bring people with us on the streets, and they just followed us and wa- watched us and observed. Now, there's this precious one British lady who was so afraid. To, she didn't know. She was so afraid she didn't, she didn't want to go. But she was assigned to my wife and myself. We were, you know, we were leaders that we were. We went. That's why we went, flew over there, because we were going to be trainers to help train all these Brits that had no exposure to this type of ministry on the streets. So for a lot of people, it's, it's, it's frightening. I mean, really, you know, you're going up to a complete stranger and you're, you know, you're saying, hey, can I tell you about Jesus? You know, so it's a lot of Christians don't, they're not at that level of confidence yet. So this one precious British lady said, my wife was saying, just watch us. And, and so she followed us, right? And, and we were walking down the street. Hey, did you know Jesus loves you? Hey, did you know Jesus died for your sin? Just telling people, uh, you know, these people on the street. And this British lady watches and she goes, wow, that's easy. I can do that. So she started going around, Jesus loves you, Jesus is the life to you. <laughs> so she was set free. We got a video of her, this precious British lady who had never witnessed a day in her life before. Now she was on fire and she was turned, you know, she turned her life around. So the, the best way to learn how is, is, is to employ Jesus, excuse me, uh, discipleship principle. Take the confident ones with the non-confident ones or be, get the trainers who will train the trainees.
and let the trainees follow the trainer, and the trainer will show them how it's done. That's how we do it. Great. Well, if yeah. people want to pick up the book to get more advice or tips on how to do this, remind them again where they can do so. Okay. They should go to my website. It's uh, Let me spell it out again. Alan J. Burns, A-L-A-N-J-B-U-R-N-S.com. And they can, they can go through the website, or they can actually go to Amazon, Amazon's website and then type in the title of the book and my name, and it'll, and it'll, it'll take them right to where they can order the book through Amazon. They can order whatever, how many copies, or, or they can get the e-book. Now, the e-book is going to be cheaper, cheaper than the printed copy. So they'll save about, let's see, the printed copy is $8, and the e-book is about um, $4. So they can get it, they can get it in, in a Kindle format. For about three three fifty to four dollars. That's uh, that's you know whatever whatever's better for their budget. <clears throat> so that's how they can do it. Okay, great. Well, Alan, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show today. It's great talking to you and hearing your story. Uh, can you? Uh, sorry, I'm going to say that again. Take two. Would you mind closing us out with a word of prayer? Sure, sure, Taylor. Father Taylor, my son, come before your throne, and we're so excited about what you're doing in this day and age. Lord, we're living in the end times, and the harvest is plentiful, and the labors are few. So, Lord, I pray for all those that have heard this podcast today that you would release your power and anointing on them, Lord, and God, that you would uh, give them a new, create in them a new thirst and desire, Lord, to gossip the gospel, to share Jesus in a lifestyle evangelism format. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You've been listening to Alan Burns on Charisma Connection here on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Taylor Berglund, and thanks for listening. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible. (music) 